0: I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl too, because I use CoverGirl Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation. America's number one anti-aging foundation brand. Simply Ageless is skincare and makeup in one. It instantly reduces the look of wrinkles and even skin tone. With hyaluronic complex and vitamin C for plump skin and a healthy youthful glow. So be a cover girl like me. And me. And get better skin at any age. Try Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation from easy, breezy, beautiful CoverGirl. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hims and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD, Full-Spectrum CBD or CBD Distillate tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally hemp CBD Distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon-lime, watermelon, and, get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So. If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Create-A-Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. What is going on, everybody? It's the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and welcome back to another episode of Headlock Talk. This week, another series of unfortunate events episode where we take on Slamboree 2000. You know, the one with David Arquette as the champion? No, you don't remember. Well, tune in. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Headlock Talk. We are back. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Indeed. And, and, uh, uh, of course, I am the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And as always, uh, or rather, sometimes, as we've come to know in recent weeks, uh, (laughs) over the airwaves here, uh, via the interwebs, crawling and scratching through is the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Groody. Well, hello there, man. That that entrance or that intro for me made me imagine myself like crawling through like a Tron like, uh, like I don't know, bursting into life out of a computer monitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, out of a out of a Pac Man uh, <laughs> arcade game. Well, speaking of bursting into life, uh, or, or rather, in this case, bursting into flames is yes. is the. Uh, coverage here uh, for WCW Slamboree 2000. Um, uh, We say bursting here because this is really uh, a quintessential example of the Vince Russo era of WCW. And uh, we'll we'll talk plenty more about Vince Russo and his ideas uh, in this episode and in another one in the future. We we might even talk about him uh, more... Exponentially more. I don't know. Uh, you know. He's an interesting. He's an interesting character in the wrestling world. Yeah, interesting is. Uh, yeah, that's a fitting word. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, when we talked about reviewing uh, shows for this series, this this series of unfortunate events. <laughs> uh, um, did you did you know anything about Slam Did you know anything about Vince Russo? I mean, did, was what did you what was your first initial kind of takes on this? I mean, I, I really didn't know all that much, uh, to be honest. You know, obviously being growing up around wrestling, I, I had I had heard the name Vince Russo, uh, but never really like knew who he was or or you know what he was involved with or anything like that. Um, the Honestly, this series is uh, one of the one of the main ways that I've seen WCW. Like I've caught a match here and there, um, mm. but you know they were kind of already on the downhill right around the time I was born, so uh, didn't really see a lot of WCW. Like I said, it was just kind of ma- a match here and there, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we got a lot of WCW, and we've had other WCW shows that we've covered, but this is uh, uh, this is quintessential. Vince Russo-era WCW. Yeah. Um, so to kind of give everyone a backstory here, uh, around the time, right before uh, WCW Slamboree 2000, a particular movie uh, was released uh, to much or or little fanfare, depending <laughs> on your, your point of view, uh, a movie called Ready to Rumble, uh, hmm. starring uh, the current... Uh, for this show, the current WCW World Heavyweight Champion, yes, that's right, actor David Arquette. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> he's, he's making a comeback in wrestling circles these days, but um, as of this show, uh, you know, he was more known for uh, maybe more or less being uh, uh, in the Scream movies, as well as being uh, Courtney Cox's husband. So, so, uh, nice notable yeah. accolades, notable accolades indeed. <laughs> um, but he would, of course, go on to become world heavyweight champion. He was put in a tag team match, um, uh, him and Diamond Dallas Page taking on Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff. The winner would become the WCW champion. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page's estranged wife, Kimberly, uh, would be the special guest referee. Uh, And, of course, as WCW shenanigans go, uh, uh, Kimberly was taken out of the match. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page and Jeff Jarrett were feuding at the time, so they were concentrating on each other. And somehow, someway, David Arquette comes away with the pin and the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wants to relinquish the title, as we learn in the video package, uh, leading up to this year. However, uh Eric Bischoff will not allow this. Uh instead we get a triple cage match for for Slambury 2000 uh in which it would be a three-way match, Diamond Dallas Page, Jeff Jarrett and David Arquette. So, Yeah, see I could have just done with without David Arquette. Mm. I mean, really. But he's the champion, Steven. He's he's gotta defend the title. But he shouldn't be. Oh, right. And and, <laughs> and he told he tells this as much to Diamond Dallas Page himself. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. I shouldn't be champion. And DDP of course says, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um In the background of this world title picture <laughs> is a another underlying feud a lot of drama here Stephen. Mm. the new blood and the millionaires club mm. um what what tell me tell me your take here the new blood and the millionaires club just kind of your overall thoughts here so i mean <laughs> without having all the context of mm. you know the nitros at the time or anything like that w- would, um, you, would you like me to bring up the, the context i can definitely help you out with that i mean sure yeah go ahead okay you know, So, in an effort to help try and bring up some of these young upstarts that they have in WCW, coming from the power plant, coming from wherever, right? Mm. They devise a a stable feud. Because, of course, what is WCW without stable feuds like NWO versus Everybody? And... uh, Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon of Doom versus Hulkamania. I was going to say, that that pretty much covers it right there. That's the history of of the 90s WCW. Well, this time around, we have uh, these young upstarts, led by Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. Uh, to uh, take on the Millionaires' Club, the Millionaires' Club being all of the the older, more established guys. Think you know your Kevin Nash's, your Stings, your Hulk Hogan's. All mm. all of the old guys who once hated each other are now kind of banding together out of necessity because all of these young upstarts want to take their spots. Right, right. So, so one would think maybe, just maybe. This new blood faction, uh, which is many in numbers, oh yeah, um, that they would possibly be the maybe the baby faces here, right? Mm. Yeah, you know, progress, right? Mm. This is not the case, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of the older guys somehow, some way, work themselves into being the good guys here, whereas the new blood. Uh, they are the heels. So they they completely missed the the angle entirely on this. It's booked completely backwards. Yeah, not 100%. only hundred percent, absolutely. Not only that, but we'll we'll get into some some motifs throughout the show that uh, that I think are quite interesting. <laughs> uh, interesting is man, you keep using that word. Um, uh, <laughs> it's not derogatory enough. I mean, I don't want to outright say that this show is bad. Um, I don't think you would agree with that assessment at all, like, that that the show is bad, right? Uh, I mean, that... But, hmm. but I think... It, uh, mm, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say this. I think this is a, a, a... While this show is known for being a very, very bad show, right? It mm. has some good moments, but I think yes. the reason why it's known historically as a bad show is because of the era that it takes place in, and because right. of all of the nonsensical crap that you that comes with it. Yeah, um, all the crazy Vince Russo storylines that are going on and all that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So the opening of the show, we see uh, the the new blood backstage in a locker room, all huddled together around a TV, Hmm. a a very ancient-looking TV by modern standards, (laughs) uh, watching as the Millionaire's Club tour bus arrives. So, you know, a a collection of of good guys, uh, old guys, Hulk Hogan, (laughs) all arriving to the arena, even though we all know that they were there the whole entire time. They just had to get up on a bus and, you know... Yeah, they just took a lap. Yeah, they just took a lap around the <laughs> arena. <laughs> um we get to our opening match. Chris Candido taking on The Artist. Yeah. They said formerly known as uh somebody, but I I didn't catch the name. I believe it's Prince Iakea is is uh Well, there it is, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um Chris Candido, he, uh, he's uh, making his way to the ring. He is the cruiserweight champion. So this match is a singles match for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And mm. Chris Candido is accompanied to the ring by uh, Tammy Lin, uh, Lynn Sitch, uh, mm. who is better known from her WWE uh, or WWF in this case, her, those days known as Sonny. Mm. Um, gotcha. Know, yeah. So Sonny comes out and says that uh, Missouri is the show-me state. Mm. Uh, she's something along the lines of, uh, I'll show you mine, and you can owe me one. Which prompts, Yeah. Which prompts a, a strip tease of sorts, where she starts to disrobe. Uh, she was wearing a robe at the time. She starts to disrobe, and she's wearing this sparkly like singlet dress, I guess. Right, but the music was one of those wah 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 like yeah. very cheesy, like like um goofy kind of thing. So it's like you're kind of making her appear like like she shouldn't be doing this, even though this is what the crowd really wants. I don't know. Very strange. Uh, Chris Candy. Yeah, I up. mean, it was kind of a wasted segment. It's just like okay. I mean this this is how you're starting the show, you right? A hundred percent. Chris Candido tries to cover up uh, Tammy. Uh, however, the artist then makes his way to the ring with uh, Paisley, uh, mm. who uh, will later be known as uh, Charmel or Queen Charmel, uh, uh, who would uh, uh, be married to Booker T. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this match, Stephen, what did you think of the artist versus Chris Candido? Uh man uh it was not good (laughs) it it was a a pretty bad match there was uh, a lot of botches um like lackluster just shenanigan kind of stuff going on there was one spot where they went for like a rana off the off the top rope and the guy just kind of fell on his head and nothing happened Mm, mm. uh they they went by really quickly and the commentators did a semi-decent job of you know just kind of averting your attention from it um but yeah man it was just super super slow first off and then when they finally do some kind of move it's mm. either sloppy or botched you know Absolutely and yeah. and to think that WCW their the cruiserweight division was the one thing that you really wanted to see cuz you you know back in like 96 97 98 whatever like you had guys like you know, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, right. Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko. These kind of names here. These great, great wrestlers. Oh, yeah. And now we have Chris Candido, which is c- questionable as to whether or not he would be considered a cruiserweight. And the artist who, I'm really not sure if he's a cruiserweight. Uh, <laughs> I mean, both of them looked massive. I mean, like... yeah. <laughs> I, I know the the weight classes are uh, like the lines between the weight classes are a little blurred in uh, in professional wrestling, but that like neither of those guys were cruiserweights. No, I mean, the, their cruiserweight division was 220 and under, and uh, these guys look like they're both missing the mark by quite a large margin. Um, oh, yeah. You mentioned botches. Uh, there was uh, some pretty horrible botched uh, power bombs uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, from the artist. Um, also, um, it, the artist went for a very cool-looking spot at one point where he was going to jump off the top rope and then do a schoolboy... In, mm. you know as as he 's like diving um, however, he misses Chris Candido completely yeah Come, and, and so he's he's rolling on the ground, and then Candido has to uh waddle backwards over his way, pretending and selling that he got caught somehow uh, so that way he can compensate for the the artist's um, leap uh, yeah so yeah, this match went just shy of eight minutes here. Um uh, the finish Steven, what happened uh man I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you I was a little tipsy uh I, <laughs> I remember I <laughs> I remember there was shenanigans uh but I didn't think it was great enough to commit it to memory mm. so basically there was a there was a cat fight between uh Paisley and Tammy that's it, right uh, oh that's right mm, mm. oh God. Uh, at one point, uh, Tammy was stripped of her clothes to reveal some kind of, uh, like, um, tan, uh, like, undergarments. I don't know. I really don't know what that was. Um, I mean, they definitely weren't, like, underwear. It was, like, it's almost like what you would wear under, like, a leotard or something like that. Yeah. No, that, that sounds, that sounds a lot better, uh, for sure. Um, Chris Candido ends up getting a, uh, the pin here uh after a swan dive headbutt is what i'm seeing mm-hmm. uh, so uh, this match not great um uh, yeah. maybe th- I, I mean i would say one star would be quite generous <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh yeah uh i would I, yeah. Uh, yeah i would say one star would be uh, would be generous for this matchup here yeah i i ended up giving it one star uh it, it was uh... Uh, pretty much a waste of eight minutes and, and a mm-hmm. terrible opening to the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, not not great, especially when the crowd starts chanting "You suck" at at uh, at, at the men in the ring. Yeah, uh, I mean that's all the evidence you need right there. Right. You know, uh, unfortunately. Uh, uh, well not only did wcw have its demise uh but uh chris candido even though he had a, a wonderful uh career uh uh just overall uh he did pass away unfortunately in, in 2005 uh due mm-hmm. to uh, complications from a blood clot uh so uh, rest in peace chris you know yeah, this was not <laughs> this is not, your, not the, the finest match but it was uh, uh, certainly enjoyable to have, you know smile at um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on now. Uh, Terry Funk, Texas legend, <laughs> uh, defending the hardcore title, uh, hardcore championship rather, uh, against Norman Smiley and a mystery opponent, mm. in a handicap match. Apparently, uh, apparently they they never really like make that well known. Yeah. It the the match just kind of starts and then you know you see it you see it happening you're like oh okay mm-hmm. i guess it's a handicap match mhm uh, t- take us through this match stephen so it it starts out with uh with terry funk kind of you know trying to i guess find norman smiley uh he ends up like going into the bathroom and and is like I forget what he says uh, specifically, but he's just like, you know, come out, come face me, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh Norman Smiley uh actually gets the gets the edge up on Terry Funk and, and ends up attacking him from behind. And then we're treated with probably the worst backstage brawl I have ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. <laughs> it, it 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 wasn't uh it wasn't very high quality, no. No, it was it was <sighs> it, and I it pains me to say because Terry funks in this match. And like you said, Texas legend, but man, it was so bad. Uh, like huge, nasty, unprotected chair shots all over the place. Uh, the, the whole dynamic with the handicap, uh, kind of thing going on. Mm. Uh, it was just super strange. And what what was that? Uh, Ralphus was his name. Ralphus, yes. Chris Jericho's former sidekick, Ralphus. Yeah. Um, uh, for those who uh, don't know <laughs> Ralfus, uh, he was a former uh, truck driver for WCW, uh, and mm. they made him into an on-screen talent. Um, yeah, uh, not the most in-shape fellow. Uh, you do get no. a a juicy shot of his ass at one point i believe yeah uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> again ww network did censor it thank god so yes yeah um, terry funk would have been uh about 55 at the time of this match uh, mm. so it goes to show the uh, how how progressive the hardcore division was in wcw <laughs> um <laughs> right. Uh, again, he is a Texas legend, um, uh, and uh, yes, uh, Terry Funk did ultimately uh, get the win here after this crazy, um, just pitiful, hardcore brawl. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was d- all throughout the arena. Uh, Ralph has got involved. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> again, you see you see ralphus's ass at one point. That is a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I really didn't know what I was watching pretty much the entire time. Uh, mm. It looked incredibly sloppy. Mm. Uh, like, they, they didn't have any idea what was going on. Which, I mean, a hardcore match doesn't necessarily have to be the most, you know, concise, tight-knit, tight-knit uh, spectacle or mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but this in particular was just... Rough all the way through, S- some people would find this to be fairly entertaining i mean i I found it to be laughable so for for laughs, it's worth three stars you know uh, f- but uh, uh man. A- as a wrestling match i I would say this is probably another another one star right here for me uh that's a it's a dud for me, oh man, nothing yeah. doing nothing for you. it gave me nothing man i mm. I don't know. I really don't know what they were thinking with this match. <laughs> I I don't know either, man. But but here's something, right? Up next, Sean Stasiak takes on Kurt Henning. Mm. Um remember when I brought up motifs earlier? Indeed. Okay. So what we have here throughout the night is um basically uh, wrestlers taking on mere images of each other. So, mm. so um, that that Spider Man meme where they, they're both pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly what this pay per view is in a nutshell. Mm. Um, so, each member of the New Blood faction is a replica almost of what one other member of the millionaires club is. So right. here we have Sean Stasiak who is uh, playing a 2000 version of Mr. Perfect uh Kurt right. Henning uh from, from way back when. Um this match here uh man not doing a whole lot here. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, see, my problem with this match is it was just so boring. Yep. So boring. Like, there wasn't really any one thing that I can point to Uh, to be like, oh, this was good or this was bad. It was just so excruciatingly boring. Right, which is uh, remarkable for a Kurt Henning match because he's typically not a... uh, uh, You watch some of his older stuff. He's not a boring wrestler by any means. He tends to actually get very good matches. Right. This is a point in uh, Sean Stasiak's career, though, uh, where he is still fairly new. He was in the WWF at the time, uh, known as Meat. Yes, Meat (laughs) is his name. Uh, Oh, fuck. Yeah. um, Very interesting. Um, Yeah, I think he had, like, this weird, like, spandex uh, briefs. Um, he, He always had, like, markup. You know, Mark Lip looking like he's, like, marbled like meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, he's trying to be Mr. Perfect. Um, and it's this is very, very far from, from perfect here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, the match was just very, very boring. A very dull match, uh, perhaps. Um, I don't know. There's just not a lot happening here. Um, now... Yeah. Uh, after, uh, the match here, um, uh, I'm trying to see, was this where, um, uh, was there some interference in this match? I'm, I'm trying to remember and go back through my notes here, but I can't quite, I, I didn't make a note of it. Um, but uh, I, I will say this almost every match had interference. So if I had to guess, probably. Right. This another hallmark of, uh, the, uh, Vince Russo era. There has right. to be interference on every occasion. Mm. mm-hmm yeah um now we did talk about this next bit here um oh uh ratings for this one here Stephen. uh one star uh just for showing up uh it, it wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't like garbage it, it wasn't just absolutely awful uh but it just really was not good yeah so yeah yep No, I agree. I'm going to go with uh, the one star as well. So it looks like, uh, on paper here, we've got uh, three matches, one star or less. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Not uh, not the hot start that WCW needed here. No, I I will say, you you know, obviously we'll get into it, but uh, closer to the end of the show, it did start to pick up a little bit. I will say that, 100%. It does, yes. Absolutely. Speaking of picking up here... Mm. (laughs) uh, Previous to the match, uh, we have Hugh Morris come out as he's going to be facing Scott Steiner, right? Right. And Hugh Morris grabs the microphone. Uh, He starts talking about how he never wanted to be called Hugh Morris, that Eric Bischoff gave him that name, because he was lazy uh, yeah and, and he wants to go now by his real name Hugh G. Grection yeah <laughs> because that's that's what he wants you to call him I mean haha whatever like it's <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's funny I mean, for sure look it's man, definitely funny if but... i ever if i ever ran into somebody named hugh g rection i don't <laughs> I, I don't know what i would do i really don't know what I, I'd, I'd be like is are you for real for real like what's what is what happened? I mean, if that was genuinely their name i would try to you know compose myself but i don't think <laughs> i'd be able to because that's it's just such i mean it's funny it's clever but like i, I bet it builds character been, you know, a a young upstart kid being yeah, being build something huge erection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he takes on Scott Steiner. This is Scott uh, uh, getting closer to the peak of being Big Papa Pump, or or at at peak Big Papa Pump levels Dude, here. Holy steroids, Batman! <laughs> yes, like. He, Oh, my God. He was was jacked to the gills. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but, like, not even in a good way. Like, like when (laughs) I couldn't help myself from laughing when he would, like, flex and there would just be this, like, huge obnoxious bubble, like, on his bicep. It's like, dude, biceps don't look like that, like, at all. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, that, I I always got really nervous about Scott Steiner when he would, like, flex like that because I was Mm -hmm. always afraid, like, it was going to pop. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's gonna pop, dude! Absolutely. <laughs> like I was like, "Oh my god, that thing is gonna burst at any moment now." Yeah, and and his skin's like all tight and like veiny. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, it was rough. Um, some some power moves here in this match, kind of uh, sprinkled throughout, particularly at the start. Though it's very stop and start. Um, mm. you know, uh Scott Steiner goes outside the ring, he's stalling, he's arguing with fans at ringside, he's arguing uh with uh members of the um uh, I believe there was a, a another faction here. Um Misfits. The Misfits I in Action, right? Yeah. MIA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, um again stalling is not what you would want to have after the kind of match that stasiak and henning had for sure um definitely not not the best though there were some big moves um you know scott steiner went for a tombstone at one point here um yeah i believe it was reversed out because a uh, huge erection was too heavy um hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Man, obviously. Just... Mr misdirection. Misdirection. Hey, there you go. Misdirection. Hey. Yeah. Um uh, uh, there uh there was a s another stalling spot uh soon after, uh where Scott puts uh huge erection in a rear chin lock. Yep. <laughs> uh it just writes itself, folks. Uh yeah. uh <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know man. This mm-hmm. this match was just like it's it's actually funnily enough it's very similar I think to the uh Kurt Hennig Sean Stasiak match. Yeah. in the in the sense that it's a very boring match mm-hmm. but uh take a very boring match and also kind of turn it into you know sort of a squash match as well. Yeah. Um it with with a lot of like you said stalling and uh j- just kind of weird stuff you know he's he's arguing with fans he's arguing with factions he's arguing with the ref oh, steiner uh, is uh yeah yeah steiner is mm-hmm. um and and it's just like you said it's very stop very stop and go um there was one spot that was super rough mm-hmm. um I, I forget who was jumping off uh it, it might have been huge erection um but he he jumped off the top rope uh into a moonsault right and and scott steiner attempted to roll out of the way uh but really just didn't get it done in time and he got kicked so effing hard in the head like Mm. so bad yes absolutely that was not a pretty looking spot yeah um steiner of course did put a uh, uh, huge erection in the steiner recliner for the win mm-hmm. um he would not let go of the hold uh, but of course booker t comes out to make the save mm-hmm. uh, uh to uh, help out his fellow uh, mia brethren right um uh, <laughs> i mean props for the shenanigans happening after the match yeah not bad you know? um I mean, probably, yeah, I, I would say uh, I'm, I'm sticking with one star, man. This uh, this show has not been great. Yeah, I, I unfortunately am also sticking with one star. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, it, it had the potential, I, I think. You know, both guys minus the the huge moonsault botch um both guys were doing some some decent moves whenever they were actually wrestling the -hmm. problem was there wasn't a lot of actual wrestling it was kind of just like oh scott steiner's gonna go over here and talk to some people and then he's gonna come in and they're gonna have a sequence of moves for about five seconds and then scott steiner's gonna go out again and it it's just like what am i watching like this is a wrestling show right Mm because i'm not getting any wrestling right now I don't know. No, you're right. You you are right. Um, the next match, though, it started to pick up a little bit. It did. Just it absolutely a, did. Just, just a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had Mike Awesome taking on uh, Chris Canyon, uh, which, uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I can't really remember why these two guys were feuding in the first place. I mean, me neither. I, I mean... <laughs> I wasn't wasn't necessarily watching wrestling at the time but right I don't know I mean um, I mean they gave us a video package before mm-hmm. but uh I mean most of the video packages make zero sense so exactly this one was not particularly helpful mm-hmm. uh so uh listeners if you can help point Steven and I in the right direction as to why Mike <laughs> Awesome versus Chris Canyon happened that would be greatly appreciated yeah, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk, <laughs> and we would love to hear from you as to why these two were feuding. Yeah, um, but yes, uh, Mike Awesome taking on Chris Canyon here. I believe this was Mike Awesome pre uh, Fat Chick Thrilla, uh Mike Awesome, uh, what the fuck? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a time where Mike Awesome was the Fat Chick thriller. Uh, he was a, All right. he was accompanied to the ring uh, by uh, three uh, so, or sometimes on occasion two maybe even more heavyset women uh, you know uh, BBWs we call them yes no uh, you know hey ain't no judgment here ain't nothing no. wrong with that no but no. but that's uh, uh, there was definitely a lot of judgment on Vince Russo's part when doing these kind of things so Jesus. you know uh, take that up with him. Um, Yeah, (laughs) uh, Mike Awesome would also later become that '70s guy, you know, Mm. because Mm. of the popularity of that '70s show. Great idea. So I think at one point the two gimmicks crossed, and he was like driving around these women in uh, like a uh, one of those shagged out buses. You know what I mean? The fat ladies in their '70s guy. Yeah, exactly. He (laughs) He he would dress in those like disco suits and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah crazy stuff <laughs> um man w c w is something else man yeah man i i mean i i really do want to watch more old w c w and then another part of me is reminded why i shouldn't um, <laughs> well i mean if you take it for what it is hmm. you know like it, it's not good wrestling but if you take it for for what it is in terms of like uh like the timeline yeah or the era, it's cool to look back for nostalgic purposes or historical purposes. But if you're if you're looking for really solid wrestling and really solid pay-per-views, you might want to look somewhere else. Look elsewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mike Awesome's whole thing is he's he's a very hurty kind of guy. He he mm. does a lot of big, powerful strength moves and at, a, at and done at a very very high pace. Um, You know, a tip of the hat to his ECW days, uh, perhaps. Um, But, uh, yeah, Slugfest right from the start. You know, these two Mm -hmm. guys are brawling back and forth all throughout the crowd. Um, And then they get back to the ring uh, some... Pretty crazy stuff here. Very, yeah. Uh, very scary looking power bomb uh, from Mike Awesome to Canyon, uh, and there was like three specific power bombs that were just so so rough. Like honestly, yeah. some of the worst power bombs I've ever seen. Right. Really. Like right. like Canyon landed right on his head on, on a couple of them at least. Yeah. Um. You know. So. You know. <laughs> he's. Mike Awesome's a very a hurty kind of fellow, as I pointed out earlier. Uh, this match here ultimately went to a no contest, mm. um, you know, uh, as there was a huge invasion of uh, New Blood and Millionaires Club uh, uh, members, uh, you know making their interference into the ring. So, in what was a fairly good match overall, Mm -hmm. a good brawl, let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, just kind of, you know, uh, done away with here by mass interference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, if I'm being honest here, this was actually a pretty entertaining match uh, up until up until the ending. Uh, You know, big spots. Um, I do have one gripe with it, but it's kind of an overarching gripe for the whole uh, pay per view is uh these are supposed to be singles matches. Um they're they're all booked as singles matches. Yes um but there's weapons everywhere. Uh you know, chair shots, bats, uh chains, uh all all that kind of stuff. And it's like and they they do eventually uh mention probably around the, the eighth match, like seventh or eighth match that um Per Eric Bischoff and and Vince Russo that the the rest are supposed to give a little bit more leniency to some of the the DQs, Mm. Um, but they go almost the entire pay-per-view without saying that. And so you're kind of just sitting there like, wait, like, why isn't he disqualified for that? Right, and, and and why would you then, of course, if you can hit somebody with the chair or do whatever, why would you call it a, a, a disqualification once Kevin Nash comes out and interferes and starts attacking uh, right. Mike Awesome? Right, you know? I mean, it, it, it's take it or leave it, you know, if, if it's going to be a no-DQ match, then it's a no-DQ match. You can't just pick and choose when you want to DQ somebody, because it, I mean, it confuses the watcher. You know? Yes. Nope, absolutely. But, yeah. I I originally gave this match three stars. Um, It actually was a very decent match. Uh, I did take off half a star for the ending, though. So, uh, two and a half from me. Two and a half. I think that sounds about fair, Steven. I, I also put about two and a half on here. Yeah. Um, it was as solid as it was going to be, uh, but of course um, <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was a bit doomed, I guess, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we then had uh, another uh, mirror kind of match. Mm-hmm. Um, Lex Luger, the total package... You know taking on buff the stuff bagwell I just want to say this before we get into it I yes. don't know what it is about buff bagwell but I'm a fan I like him <laughs> he's very charismatic he's super charismatic mm-hmm. and like that that smile that he does uh, every now and then when he when he nails like a really dirty move it, is just it's so fantastically heel like it's great yes. No absolutely um you know, and uh, did I mention? Uh, of course, Lex Luger here uh, in prime physical condition. You know, yeah. We were oh, ta- yeah, we were talking about uh, Scott Steiner earlier, how ridiculously jacked he was. Uh, Lex Luger also very, very ridiculously jacked, but also more more believably jacked as well. He he uh-huh. doesn't have like uh like crazy proportions or anything. You know, he he's just a, a super jacked dude. Right. And, and uh, he he would not shy away from telling you that he has only 4% body fat. Yeah, yeah. They they mentioned that about 17,000 <laughs> times. Yeah. Uh, the match itself, Steven, what did you think? I mean, it's, it's pretty boring. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a fan of, of this one too much. Uh, again, this is uh, before they mention that uh the refs have more leniency with the rules. Uh so I, I think at one point Buff Bagwell gets a bat out and starts uh mm. beating Lex Luger with it. And uh, that really irked me because, you know, up until this point I thought it was a thought it was a singles match. Um and there there was one part I believe um I believe Lex Luger went for like a running neck breaker. Mm. Um, and he just like completely missed buff bag like they didn't <laughs> touch they didn't touch at all um you know props to props to buff i guess for trying to sell it uh but they just didn't touch at all um i don't know man mm-hmm. it, it was a really boring match there was a couple botches uh, the no dq for the bat i don't know so Uh, Let's talk about the bat here. Uh, The the, the story was that uh, Lex Luger's longtime girlfriend, Miss Elizabeth, uh, Mm. formerly uh, the wife of the Macho Man, um, she uh, was declared as being part of uh, Vince Russo's property uh, based on her uh, having a contract with WCW. So in Vince Russo's eyes, that means that he, that, uh, Miss Elizabeth belongs to him, not, bu- uh, Lex Luger, of course. Yeah. Cause uh, slavery in the two thousands is nice. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> especially in this climate here with, uh, all, all the trafficking. Yeah. This was, uh, this was a nice touch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so we're shown backstage here. Uh, Miss Elizabeth actually uh, trips over Vince Russo, like uh, he falls to the ground. She steals the baseball bat of Vince Russo, runs down to the ring, and tries to assist right. Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, uh, Lex, uh, uh, I guess uh, he tries to use it, but Bagwell blocks the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, steals it away here. Um, well, or no? What was it? I think Elizabeth tried to enter the ring and use the baseball bat, and then uh, Bagwell actually used the baseball bat to, uh, uh, I guess, help leverage the win against Lex Luger here. Right. Right. Or no? No. I'm oh. misremembering this entire pay per view. Yes. Uh, Isn't that how it went? I thought that's how it went. No. uh, See, this is why y'all need to watch this show, because I'm not even really sure what I saw happened happened. Uh, Oh, yeah. So, no. uh, Buff tried to use the baseball bat, but it got blocked and was put into a torture rack. Uh, Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I I don't know, man. So, So, what did... Lex Luger won by submission here. Right. Um what did you think of the match um i mean it's not great it's yeah. de- definitely not a great match uh, i would say two two out of five is pretty fitting for this one uh mm. fairly average um uh, just not uh, not my cup of tea yeah uh we're, we're actually we're super we're we're both pretty in sync on these uh on these ratings here i also give it two stars um it, it, it was fine. You know, it, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't terrible. Um, fairly boring at, at some parts. Um, but, I mean, Lex Luger's awesome, and, and Buff Bagwell's awesome in my eyes. So, it, it was fine. Yeah, but Buff's uh, exuberance and, and extreme charisma made up for Lex Luger's uh, utter lack of charisma. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, but that's not what this was about. This was about those hard chiseled bodies. That's what that yeah. feud was all about. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> Muscular men. Uh, hey. <laughs> the next match, however, uh, there was something a little bit going for it. Uh, Shane Douglas, uh, the franchise, taking mm. on Ric Flair. Uh, the stipulation here is if Vince Russo interferes in this match, uh, Ric Flair gets him for five minutes after the match is over. Um, right. what what are they going to do with that five extra minutes though? Mm, spicy. Mm. <laughs> um. So, uh, talk talk me through this one, Stephen. <laughs> what did you think of Shane Douglas and Ric Flair? Uh, it was fine. It, it wasn't bad. I don't know. There was one spot where uh Shane Douglas uh got Ric Flair into a figure four. And mm-hmm. that was cool, you know. Disrespect a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, got uh, got some heat there with that figure four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a it was a great figure four too. Gotta gotta admit. Um, but yeah, th- there was just you know more shenanigans, uh, low blows uh, again. No DQ. It, it all of these matches just kind of have I, I kind of have the same complaints about all of these matches really, mm. where. Uh, You know, even though there might be some big spots in the match, they're very far apart from each other, and the and the space in between them is very slow, Uh, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean I understand, and and that's unfortunate uh, for sure. I mean this, I felt like the feud for this one was at least more well built than some of the other ones uh, on this card here. Um, and and of course, Ric Flair proving just as Terry Funk did, but in a different way, that he could still be going in a in a bit more of an advanced age here. Mm. Um, so uh, the finish here sees a uh, a, a figure a, a person dressed up as Sting mm-hmm. making his way to the ring, and he nails Ric Flair from behind with a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, this allows Shane Douglas to get the win with a small package, uh, so uh, Ric Flair does not get to fight Vince Russo with the fisticuffs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, don't they give him the five minutes anyway? Um, I don't believe so. No. Um, okay. What happens? Well, there was a timer counting down from five minutes. Hmm. I forget, man. this <laughs> Like, like I said, the, the big spots are so few and far between that that it's just, like, kind of hard to right. really remember what happened right. at all. So, so here's what really happens, right? Uh, after the match, uh, Buff Bagwell uh, is, is down at ringside uh, with uh, Shane Douglas and, uh, you know, the person in the Sting outfit. Mm. Uh, Ric Flair, he believes that it's Vince Russo. And right, he asks, he's wearing the he's wearing the the Rolex, right? Right, right. And he asks Rick. Uh, Rick Flair asks for the five minutes anyway, right? Um, however, uh, Lex Luger comes down to the ring, uh, tosses the masked man in, but Vince Russo himself comes out and distracts Rick Flair. Right, that's right. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the man in the Sting outfit uh, hits Ric Flair with a miniature statue of Liberty, <laughs> um, which is weird. Um, yeah, shatters into a million pieces. Yep, and of course, uh, the man in the Sting outfit is none other than David Flair. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do start the five minutes at Russo's behest. Right. Right. And then he he starts choking out. Uh, flare uh, with the baseball bat. Until Kevin Nash arrives, Nash mm-hmm. tries to clear house. It's, you know, it's all a big thing. Yeah. Um, I-, th- I remember now. Lots of shenanigans. Yes. Uh, notice here, this is actually the third match in a row to end in some form or fashion with interference. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, there you go, folks. Um,. Uh, <laughs> uh definitely a hallmark of 2000 and 2001 wcw um if not just wcw as a whole yeah i I mean minus the shenanigans some of these matches are actually you know fairly good maybe not good but fair you know um I would say fair is a better word. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, just like I said, every, almost every match has shenanigans in some way, some kind of outside interference. And, you know, six, seven matches in, I- I'm just thinking, can I get one, j- just one straight up match, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's something.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, the next match here: Vampiro versus Sting. Another. Oh, Did, did you want to give ratings? Uh, oh sure. Um, well, what did you give it, Stephen? You go first. I gave it one and a half. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some cool spots, uh, but shenanigans, glore, The beatdown at the end went way too long, which you know I guess technically isn't part of the match, but it was part of the segment. Um. So yeah, just one and a half. Really didn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. Um. There's also, uh, I mean, I liked the feud enough to where I gave it two. Mm-hmm. Um, the the action was probably better than a lot of what else was on the card, probably because yeah. of Ric Flair himself. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've definitely seen better Ric Flair matches before. Right. Yeah. Um, we do get Vampiro versus Sting here. Uh, tell us a little bit about this rivalry, Steven. Uh, apparently, so it, it's, again, going off of the, the new blood versus old blood thing. Um, Vampiro is this weird, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what kind of character he's trying to portray here. I guess he's a vampire, because that's, you know, what his name is. Um, we get, I, we get a video so. package. Yeah, I would yeah. assume so. Yeah, we get a video package of, uh, you know, him... Harassing Sting over the the past few weeks, and there's this weird spot where he like drops blood on Sting and like hangs him from the roof, and uh, lots of montages of Vampiro like crawling through cemeteries and, and things like that, kind of just trying to set up his character. Right. Um, it, see, I, see, they can't they can't call it blood though, Stephen. They got they got to call it what is it the uh, the red the red substance or red goo something like that. Mm, mm, I yes. see. I see, yeah. I mean, like you said, this is more of that motif of uh, very similar, if not the exact same, uh, kind of characters going head to head from the new blood and old blood. Um, I, Vampiro is a little—I mean, not a little—he's much different than Sting, um, but I guess the the number one thing that they were going with was, oh, they both wear face paint. Yes, they so. both wear face paint. They're both a little bit brooding and extra creepy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, this match here, um, this was uh, I would say even a little, even a little bit better, uh, perhaps than the Ric Flair Shane Douglas match. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of brawling from the start, lots of intensity here. Uh, this yeah, it, is a, Sting mm-hmm. actually doesn't even get into the ring before the match starts. They just start brawling on the ramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the intensity here was good. Uh, this is your typical Sting match, though. Uh, something that you would probably see on Nitro, because, in fact, it did happen on Nitro quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what else to say beyond that. Besides, hey, you know, if you like Sting matches, this one's probably right up your alley. Yeah. Uh, um. You yeah, uh, Sting does get in a clean victory here after yes. two yes. Scorpion death drops. Yes. So that that's the that's the biggest thing for me on this match. You know, uh, Sting's great. Uh, Vampiro's holding his own. The there's pretty decent action. Um. But it ends cleanly yes it ends clean and, and i was begging begging and pleading to the vince russo gods to give me a clean match and i finally got it so it, it, it was decent yes absolutely um you know so i, I actually ended up giving this about uh, two and a half i i also gave it two and a half yep uh, we're we're super on point with these ratings right now. <laughs> yes, we, we're definitely well synced. And, and believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we actually we've been watching these shows separately. We're waiting, mm-hmm. we're waiting until the end, the big reveal, to actually watch one of these matches or one of these shows rather in uh, you know our series of unfortunate shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're waiting until that special occasion to watch the last show together. So we will see. We will see. Um, yep, but yeah, uh, very good showing here from Sting. Uh, DDP is backstage. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he tells David Arquette, uh, you know, uh, that uh, if he follows the if, if he follows the instructions, that everything's going to go according to plan, and David Arquette will be just fine, right? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of just telling him, you know, uh, stick with me, or not stick with me, but uh, listen to me, uh, stay out of the way. Uh, you're going to be fine. That right. kind of stuff. Right. He also instructs very specifically that David Arquette not grab the belt. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Be- yeah.
0: Be- because not only does the champion, he shouldn't grab the belt to retain his title, but he has to remind the champion, for your own best interest, you should not grab the belt. Right. This is, this is the kind of world we live in. uh <laughs> Uh, we get a video package for Billy Kidman taking on Hulk Hogan. Um, mm-hmm. You know? It, yeah. 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 It, Eric Bischoff will be the special guest referee. and Which uh, almost solidifies mm-hmm. shenanigans right from the get-go. Like nothing even happens and I knew there was going to be shenanigans. Yes. Eric Bischoff also uh, says that this will be a, a night to remember for the, the new blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Kidman is accompanied to the ring by Tori Wilson. Uh, you know, so we, we all know Tori, you know, oh yeah, she goes on to have a, a pretty great career in WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this match here, just like kind of the above matches with, uh, Ric Flair and Sting, this is a very prototypical, um, Hulk Hogan kind of match with a lot of uh, a lot of build, a lot of uh, you know crowd kind of. Uh, uh, you know Hulk Hogan, if if he's a master of nothing else, he's a master of getting the crowd engaged in something. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be a perfect example of that. Here, uh, there's even um, uh, there's even a spot where uh, I believe Hogan power bombs Bischoff through a table. Yeah, uh, which. Yes. Which was pretty nuts. Um, Billy Kidman here. He's trying to keep a streak going of beating uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, but Hogan here, uh, he he's able to overcome all of these odds here uh, with some help of some outside interference, of course. Of course, woohoo! Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, Billy Kidman, he's wanting to go all out and put on a good show. Um, He goes up for a a flying splash at the end, uh, misses, and crashes through a table. Uh, Horace Hogan, Hulk Hogan's cousin, of course, Mm. uh, helps uh, use the referee's hand to count three. Uh, uh, So Bischoff did indeed get a three count here for Hulk Hogan uh, to to get the victory. Yeah, I mean it was a good match i mean mm-hmm. i mean it, it wasn't great it, it wasn't awesome it, it was good I, mm-hmm. I did enjoy it um you know there, there were some good moves uh the size difference was kind of crazy and, and they played into that a little bit mm-hmm. uh you know kidman he's he's agile uh but maybe just a little sloppy uh, mm-hmm. at, at, at some points um but they they played the size difference really well with Hulk doing you know some good power moves like you mentioned with uh, Eric Bischoff uh, going through the table at the hands of Hulk um, and then that that frog splash from Kidman. There's a lot of reversals from Kidman, which was cool to see. Um, I could have done without the shenanigans, but uh, you know there was a couple points where Eric Bischoff refused to do a pin pin count uh, for Hogan mm-hmm. and. You know it, it is what it is um but yeah I, I i actually enjoyed the match honestly what did you end up giving it steven i gave this one three stars um oh. yeah i mean it, it wasn't great uh but it was good i liked it nice um yeah i mean uh, you said how many how many stars three stars three okay yeah. interesting interesting yeah, i i gave it also about two and a half it was it was yeah. very very good um, for for what it is. I mean, uh, Kidman really made Hulk look good he, uh, and in doing so made himself look good in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, We then get the video package for David Arquette versus DDP versus Jeff Jarrett. Mm. Jeff Jarrett is feuding with DDP. DDP is the New Jersey folk hero. Uh, a, a Bruce Springsteen of wrestling, if you will. Mm. Jeff Jarrett... Is the chosen one slap nuts, and he <laughs> needs to have his his championship. David Arquette is an actor who shouldn't be world heavyweight champion, indeed, but he is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what we get here is a is a triple cage match, which is actually based off of the movie Ready to uh, Ready to Rumble, mm-hmm. um, where I believe. Uh, the first layer of the cage is like hell in a cell. The second layer of the cage is like stacked with weapons, like mm-hmm. all sorts of weapons. Actually, similar to the uh, the the third fall of the NXT match. Yes, very uh, uh, very observant of you here, Stephen. Very, oh, thank very, you. Sim- very similar to that. And yeah. and then I believe the third cage on top of that is what's called the guitar room. I guess yes. I guess something a little special for Jeff Jarrett. Uh, ironically enough, never seen Jarrett play the guitar. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I feel as though that's a big like missing plot point here in his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh, but of course, um this is not just a any kind of cage match here. You don't actually win by pinning or submitting or or any, you don't. You can't even win by escaping all three cages. What you have right. to do is escape is is escape all three cages, but also uh, use uh, your will and resilience to be on top of that third cage to then grab the belt off of a loop similar to a ladder match. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. R- let me just say off the bat. Uh, I-, I know. I have a feeling that you and I are going to differ in our opinions of this match. Okay. Um, but I, I think this concept is awesome. Uh, I, I think it's really, really, really cool. Uh, I think they did it really well, uh, minus the guitar room. I think that was kind of weird. Maybe going with a different gimmick on the on the third uh, story would have been cool. But honestly, man, I wouldn't mind if this cage match uh, kind of made a resurgence in, like, WWE or AEW. I think it's a really cool concept. Uh, the triple cage match itself is a pretty cool concept. Um, I think that it's kind of one of those, like, uh, zany kind of ideas that wcw would have like like the 60 man battle royals for world war three or like yeah. you know um uh, like war games is a wcw idea at its heart right mm-hmm. um you know this is kind of something hearkening back to that um but yeah i mean i think it's interesting enough and uh yeah, i mean they've they, they they made this cage, so might as well use it, right? You yeah, know, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not just good for a movie. Let's try and use this as part of a match here. Yeah. Um, this is a very, very good brawl. Um, uh, interestingly enough, as much as I hate Jeff Jarrett's character, um, mm. uh, the, him and DDP tend to have very, very uh, good, solid Matches in terms of them having brawls and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just a big DDP fan. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, after watching, after going back and watching some of these shows, DDP is awesome, man. Yeah. He's great. He's, he's great. He's really, really good. And this is yeah. him uh, at the peak of his powers, uh, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, so uh, there's some interesting stuff here where. Um, I believe Chris Canyon gets involved near the end, but also Mike Awesome uh, somehow randomly scales up the cage here and attacks DDP. Yeah, it uh, comes out of nowhere. Yeah, just, just runs up the cage, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a spot where Mike Awesome throws Canyon off of the second, is it the second or the first cage? It throws him off of the first cage, yeah, throws yeah. off the first cage uh, through the entrance ramp. So kind of like, uh, kind of hell in the cell esque there. Uh, yeah, between, what a crazy bump to take, dude. Uh, Canyon was nuts. Uh, yeah, for taking that, but I mean, uh, he he chose that. So yeah, I mean, I mean, props props to him. It, it was a it was a huge moment. So, speaking of huge moments, yeah uh, DDP and. Uh, Jarrett, they've struggled all the way through this match in a very, very decent brawl, uh, Mm -hmm. decent fight here. They get to the third cage. They're filled with guitars. They're trying to hit each other with these guitar shots. Uh, DDP hands over a guitar to David Arquette, and both men are trying to get into the last cage there, or climb Mm. up through the last cage there. David Arquette hits DDP with a guitar. Oh, the betrayal. Yeah, oh, yeah. the betrayal. Jarrett uh, then also hits DDP with a guitar. Uh, and, of course, uh, Jarrett and Arquette hug and make out at the top of the cage as Jarrett grabs the title. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. I, I, I mean, made up the last part, but I mean, it a cool. <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, all in all... I actually really enjoyed this match. Uh, like I said, it's a it's a really cool concept uh-huh. uh, for the for the triple cage. Um, what did you say? Something? I said uh huh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I can't really hear you very well. Um, oh, really? Now I can. Anyways, oh, okay. Um but yeah all in all it's actually really good match i i liked the concept of the triple cage uh jeff jarrett and ddp had fantastic chemistry throughout the match uh it was really brutal Uh, both of them ended up getting busted open uh thanks to some really nasty chair shots um there was one really really cool spot where they're they're fighting in, in the second story the the hardcore cage and uh you know they're They're trading shots back and forth. There's trash cans, chairs, uh, you know, bats, that kind of stuff. And DDP actually spears Jeff Jarrett through the wall of the second cage. And uh, that was a really, really cool spot. Yes. So definitely a very uh, probably the best match on the card for sure. I ended up giving this about three and a half. Uh, uh, definitely, if you're going to choose to watch this show, they at least made the main event worth it to you to to watch, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so good stuff there. Um, you yeah, know, I ended up giving this one three and a half as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, you could even man, depending on your level of fandom for uh, DDP and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, you could even argue four stars. Really, I, I really enjoyed this match. Um, minus the David Arquette stuff. Um, for the the first like three fourths of the match, he kind of just stayed out of the way and mm. let Jeff Jarrett and uh, and DDP just go at it and do what they were going to do, and it was awesome. And then you get to the ending, and of course, you know it's WCW; they have to make some kind of spectacle of it. So you know, with that David Arquette. Shenanigans at at the ending. It's like, all right, whatever. Like, why why are you ending this awesome match with with something like that? But all of that aside, it is still a, a really great match. Three and a half stars. Yes, I would I would agree with that, Steven. Um, now that we're done here with <laughs> Slamboree 2000, what did we learn today? Uh, we learned that Vince Russo is terrible at booking. Uh, just, just just awful. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you get a lot of really talented people in, in this show. You know, you have DDP, you got Hulk Hogan, Sting, Ric Flair, Buff Bagwell, Lex Luger, uh, you know, all of these people are, are very talented. Um, and, and it's just overshadowed by this constant, constant, constant need for interference. You know, I, I think maybe... Five out of the ten matches, maybe even six, uh, ended in, in interference. And th- without all of that, this would actually be a decent show. On the second half, the first half, pretty much all all of them are are not good. But but the second <laughs> half of the show is actually pretty decent. If you were to remove all of that shenanigans, right? No, I, I agree with you completely on that. Um, so what what I learned here. Um, Let's see. Yeah, the Vince Russo stuff uh, definitely not good. Um, I I also learned uh, you you don't put your world heavyweight title on uh, an actor uh, yeah. because at the end of the day you just can't trust actors. Indeed, uh, <laughs> Indeed. That was that was the uh, fall of DDP. <laughs> yep, yep. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, I I was uh, reminded again of how awesome DDP is. Yes. Uh, I was reminded how much I hate Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> uh i uh let's see here what else did i learn uh i learned that men who are 240 pounds should not be considered cruiserweights yeah. uh, it just doesn't uh doesn't look good um what else did i learn? Uh, i learned that uh, billy kidman actually would have had a lot of potential in his career um you know i i i really regret that he didn't get a lot more um out of it than what he did. I'm, I believe he still he still may work for WWE in some shape, way, shape, or form. Perhaps as an uh, agent. Yeah, I I read into it a little bit. Um, he works for he does work for WWE. He works as a producer. Producer. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure in what capacity or like uh, what product or anything like that, but mm. he is a producer uh, currently for WWE. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I had a lot of fun here uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Headlock Talk we do greatly yes. appreciate you sticking with us here um, and uh, definitely uh, we we definitely challenge you to where if you think that maybe we got the show wrong uh, check it out it's on WWE Network and we'd love to uh, hear from you on Twitter uh, what you thought about this Slamboree 2000 show mm. now definitely stick around because on Tuesday uh for headlock talk on brainbuster radio we will be breaking down the uh ECW December to Dismember show right steven you looking forward to it uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean like, like i said on uh last week's episode i've i remember watching that show mm-hmm. uh as, as a kid so, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, no, I'm not that excited. But it will be nice to, to look back. So, yeah, I would say so. It'll it'll be interesting. That's for <laughs> yes. sure. Yes, um, that's a, and, that's our favorite word with this series. It, interesting. Yeah. It, it, in a series of unfortunate events, most things are interesting. I, I find. Yeah. Um, and then once we uh once we review that, there will. be... The Only two shows left for a series of unfortunate events. If you like this series, definitely let us know. Hit us up uh, on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Again, that's at Headlock Talk. Um, you can also check us out again every Tuesday on Brainbuster Radio. So definitely subscribe to Brainbuster Radio uh, and enjoy not only more Headlock Talk, but also the other great shows uh, that are available there. Uh, so um you know headlock talk uh, will be on every tuesday but all throughout the week there are daily drops so uh you can always find something new and interesting to listen to uh, from all the content creators there of course um uh, we do ask, hey, if you enjoyed our show today, you know, give, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever your preferred uh, listening platform is. We do greatly appreciate that. Mm. Uh, the The more that we can get reviews up, the more that we can create more great content for you guys. Uh, if you are a a, a business, uh, if you would like uh, for Stephen and I to, to lead your next uh, group outing, uh, perhaps, <laughs> uh, or 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 team meeting uh you can hit us up headlocktalk at gmail.com again that's headlocktalk at gmail.com uh or, or you know hey if you just want to leave us uh you know a little bit of ad i'm sure we can make space for you right Mm-hmm. yeah yep. um so yeah that's where you find us for that thing definitely be kind hit subscribe uh here uh, to always get uh, engaged with all of our headlock talk madness and um yeah stephen you got any other kind words to leave the people? Watch the, watch that uh, triple level match, the triple cage match. Yeah. It was good. It was, good. It was really good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I might have yeah. to rewatch it now. Uh, yeah. But until next time, folks, I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman. And as always, from the, the darkest points of the internet. <laughs> the oh, one... man. Why am I from the dark points of the internet? <laughs> Where do you want to be from, Steven? I don't know but that just has a a, a hmm. bad connotation to it. Yeah, I guess that is bad. Hmm. <laughs> um from the far reaches of the internet, that's much better. Yeah, there we go. Now it uh, doesn't sound like you're like uh what was that show? Uh you know, uh was it 2001 Space Odyssey, you know, mm, from the yeah. darkest points of the, the universe or uh, Yeah. Uh I, I feel you know, some some show about space, I don't know. That's what yeah, I thought about. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Science fiction, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you are, of course, the one and only Mr. Stephen Groody. Uh, I am, I am. And I, and I tip my hat to you, sir. You guys have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day, and thank you again for tuning in. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. 80 y'all. Most people only see their doctor a few days each year. For all the other days, there's CVS Health Hub, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab the essentials you need in just one trip, even on evenings and weekends. For care between doctor visits, from earaches to help with diabetes or sleep apnea, visit your local CVS Health Hub today. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash healthhub for details. Discovery Plus has the largest library of true crime content ever. Binge your favorites plus new exclusive original series. The streaming home of true crime plus so much more for just $4.99. Discovery Plus. Start your free trial today.